This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Realestateagentsitrust.com This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Welcome to Freedom's Disciple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Man, it is so good to be back. Um, on a point of uh, personal feelings, I I can't tell you how much I've missed this microphone and missed you and interacting with you the last couple of weeks. It has really been an interesting couple of weeks and we've got a lot to talk about today because I missed out on some pretty significant things. Um, and we're going to get to them later in the show. I, I missed I missed the 2016 version of the Selma of our time. Yes, in case you missed us, your great and wonderful president issued an edict. I can't remember reading the word edict in the Constitution, but that's the story for another day. Um, he released an edict on transgendered bathrooms, and it is now the Selma of our day. And I'm going to discuss that later on because... I find that incredibly insulting as someone who has read your history and has read about slavery, has read about Rosa Parks, has read about Martin Luther King. And for a black president and for people to call transgendered bathrooms the Selma of our day under a black president, I find incredibly insulting and yet no one has said jack about it but before we get to the issues of the day i want to i want to open up and share some things i've been going through recently it has been a very interesting couple of weeks and i went on vacation and my mother celebrates a significant birthday in june and I'm sure you all have these problems. What do you buy someone for birthdays? Especially, you know, a significant one that ends in zero and or a five. And I was thinking and thinking and thinking, and what do you buy? It's incredibly hard. So, um, if you've been listening to this show all year, you've probably heard me talk about at the start of the show how Irish weather really sucks. You know, Ireland's a lovely country. I encourage anyone to visit. But be prepared. The weather sucks. It is cold. It is damp. It is miserable. It is windy. A lot of the time. Um, and if you've listened, you've probably heard me at different times. I've been suffering with colds a lot this year. Because um, it's been like really, really cold. So just a little light bulb went off my head going, hey, let's, it's been a really cold winter. Let's go away. So I brought her overseas. Um, and it was planned, and we got a late deal, and had a lovely, lovely holiday. And I didn't tell people this for many reasons, but I still interacted with people while I was away. However, there was another reason I took a break. If you listened to the to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, You might have felt some emotion in my voice or, or lack thereof. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Last two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I felt a bit lost. I felt defeated. I had a, a lack of hope in my voice. Um, and it wasn't because a certain candidate lost. I, um, I didn't have any horse in this race. Um, but it was, where does this show go from here? And I went away and, and thought about it. I think a lot about where I want this show to go for many different reasons. But chief among them is, 
I know how valuable your time is. And if I'm going to take up or put a show out that's going to ask you, hey, listen to me for an hour. I want it to be of substance. I want it to be something new, something fresh. I don't want it just to be a repeat of something you could listen to elsewhere. And then when I was away, I had a first in my life. As someone who has been bullied all my life, I have been beaten up many times as a child. Um, I was bullied unmercifully in school. I had my first death threat. And it was a surreal experience. And as I got thinking about where this show is going to go, how can I add up something of substance? I'm not going to lie, I was a bit freaked out by the death threat because it was in public where everyone could see. Um, and then I started thinking about different things about you know, the abuse we put up with. I don't mind abuse. I don't mind insults. They just come. I've been used to them my whole life. Most of them are lazy, stupid things. Oh, you're fat. Oh, thank you. Like, I knew that from what you probably call first grade. Um, this is not something new to me. And I realized I can count. I've been very outspoken for many, many years now through different platforms, through videos, through podcasts, through my writing, through social media activity. I can count on my left hand the amount of insults from what you would call, quote-unquote, the left. I get a few of them, and usually they're all around one issue or two issues. If I get particularly active about pro-life issues on social media, I get the usual, like, hate women, I'm attacking women's rights, and they're usually from people on the left. But just generally, day to day, I get nothing from people on the left. This death threat was from a so-called Christian who just happens to support a certain candidate who is now the frontrunner and the presumptive GOP nominee. The amount of hate I get is always from the right. You know, if, it's funny, if, if God ever goes by what people say about me online, he's going to be very confused. Because depending on who you talk to or what insults you read about me, I'm either a rhino, I'm a neocon, I'm a warmonger, I'm an extremist, I'm an ideologue. I'm a purist on the Constitution. I'm a purist on freedom. I'm moderate. You know, it's it's amazing that how I can say one thing and one person can look at me and go, "He's a rhino. He he's a he's 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 a lion in sheep's clothing. He he's really weak." And then someone else can listen to it and go, "Wow, what a purist ideologue." You know. He needs to get in the real world. But I've been doing a lot of thinking of where this show wants to go, where I would like this show to go. And the first thing I'll say is if you have any thoughts or suggestions, this is very much your show as well. Tell me what you would like to, where you want to see the show go. But I don't have it in me to discuss this election. I really don't have it in me to put on a jersey and say Donald Trump is wonderful because he's not I am fundamentally opposed to Donald Trump in every way humanly possible and as I was away I was doing a lot of thinking and Of what's important. Of 
what's really important in life? And I came across a story which I know and it just kept going on in my head and at different times. And it was the old Bonhoeffer story. And I want to share it with you today. To The reason I tell these stories is because they're story forms, but it, it's just so you know my thinking. And because it'll either clarify your thinking or it will help you on the journey find out which way you really think. And it was the story where he's in prison. And he's sitting on his bed in his cell and he's reading his Bible. And outside his cell, naturally, there's a corridor. And as he's just sitting in his bed reading the scriptures and a priest walks by. And he looks in and says, good morning, and he keeps going. And then all of a sudden, he takes a step back and kind of obviously in his own head is saying, did I just see a priest in a cell? Did, did I just see that? And then he takes a back step and he goes, oh my God, what are you here for? You know, what did you do? What crime could you have committed that you are in this cell? And he said, that's not the question. The question is, why aren't you in here with me? Sometimes when you make a... Sometimes when you stand for something, you have to expect bad things to happen. And in that story, it sums up perfectly how I feel right now. Do I want to be on the outside and thinking, yeah, sure, I, I, I'll stand for things and I'll go with the flow and, you know, I'll play the game and I won't say anything nasty because, you know, if you say anything nasty about Donald Trump, you know, it's going to cost him the election. Or am I willing to say that here is what I believe and right or wrong, I'm going to say them. And if that puts me in a gulag, or God forbid that puts my life at danger, then am I willing to say them? We have to be honest with ourselves and today I'm going to be very honest with you about how I see America. And how I see the path forward. But to sum up that Bonhoeffer story. We have to accept we live in times where my voice and what I stand for. And all of you who listen, thank you so much. For what you stand for is not the norm. It is the exception. Standing for God. Standing for freedom, standing for the Constitution, standing for the Bill of Rights, standing for the right for an individual to live their own lives. It is very much the exception and not the norm. We need to understand that. And each of us have to ask ourselves a tough question. And it is a tough question. Am I willing to stand? Am I willing to stand regardless of the consequences? Then as you answer that question, you have to ask yourself one of the hardest questions I possibly have ever had to ask myself. If you're the only person who believes it, you're the only one there's only you versus millions of others. Will you still stand for what is right in your heart? Now, I don't believe we will ever get to times where you will be the only one or I'll be the only one. But it could happen because it could feel that way. Your voice could be suppressed online. You could live in times where there is no internet. We could live in times where radio is 
heavily monitored and if you don't fill into the, a certain line of propaganda you don't get to say anything so it is a chance you might you might not be alone but you might feel very alone are you still willing to stand or will you succumb to the leviathan i've done two weeks of heavy thinking and praying my answer is yes i ain't gonna shut up i ain't gonna sit down and i sure as hell ain't gonna be quiet i'm gonna deal with things differently i've made some changes how i interact with people online i've made some security changes but we just need to get smarter and we need to continue being bold i gotta take a quick break america i'll be right back please stay with me you're listening to freedom's disciple with jonathan dunn on the blaze radio network The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. For this segment, I want to discuss the 2016 election. Because this is the last time this election cycle, barring something significantly huge, that I plan on discussing this election cycle. Specifically, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And I want to address everyone in this race. I can't put on my jersey and support Donald Trump for countless reasons. He shares none of my ideals of America. He shares none of the principles, the honor, the integrity that I believe is American. But my opposition to him goes one step further. Because as someone who has been bullied and abused a significant part of my life, I cannot support someone who is a bully, who is an abuser, and who is an egomaniac. That is my personal choice. But I want to address for, and this is, I'll say, this is one and not done. The people who, pretty much everyone on the right, the, the people who are never Trump and the people who are Trump supporters and the people who are voting Trump but not supporters. First to the Trump supporters. He's your guy. I have no ill will towards you whatsoever. You are not my enemy. Donald Trump as bad as, as many things as he is wrong, he is not my enemy. His ideas and principles are, but he is not. I wish you the best of luck in this election. I have no ill feelings, no ill will towards you. You do what you think is best. To the, the folks who are voting Donald Trump and 
who are coming out in support of Donald Trump who you know let me give you a perfect example Rick Perry Rick Perry called Donald Trump a cancer in the primary has now endorsed Donald Trump I'm sure there are many people who have said something similar but have convinced themselves either rightly or wrongly that he is better than Hillary and that this election is too important and you can't have four more years of an Obama administration after the last eight years and all these legit arguments. I would give you two pieces of advice. One, be careful what you say. If you want to support him for those reasons, absolutely fine. You go for it. It is your moral decision. I hope and pray you've thought it out. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say you have thought long and hard about this. But be careful what you say. Because integrity and honour and character matter. It might mean jack squash in May 2016, but that won't always be the case. I believe honour and integrity and character will come back. It might be 2026 or 2036, but it will come back. And what you say today counts. It matters. You live in a society that everything is pretty much recorded forever. Even a simple Facebook post. It lasts forever. You might want to support him and vote and say you're going to vote for him. But let us not act like he is the best thing since sliced bread. If you have said very negative things about him a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago. The second piece of advice. Don't look down on those who can't follow your lead. Just because you think he is better than Hillary Clinton, just because your emotions guide you to think that way, and you're going to act on those emotions, emotions are not fact. Emotions are not reason. Just because you feel something doesn't mean everyone else is going to follow suit. My advice to the never Trumpers, and as one who would, if I had a vote, would be considered very strongly in that, be careful. Character matters. Honor matters. One of the things that I've spoken about this many times, if you've listened to this show for the 10 months it's been on, one of the greatest things about your founding fathers and your founding documents or in the Declaration of Independence, they had many usurpations against the king, 27 of them. Yet they did not start with what they were never about what they stood against. They focused on what they stood for. It's okay to be never Trump. It's okay to be never Hillary. But try and focus and put your message out there. That's not a negative message, not never Trump. Maybe put out or try and look for ways to make your message, message more positive. And promote something else. Or tell the world what you stand for. And to everyone. Never Trumpers. Trump supporters. Let us meet on the battleground of ideas. Where we fully accept and admit. It's okay to see things a different way. I have seen articles and commentary including on the blaze, of people looking down their nose at never Trump supporters. 
I even read an article on Fox where Wayne Allen Root said, those never Trumpers, if they follow through, they should never be trusted again. Blackmail won't work. Blackmail won't work. Let us meet where we can discuss things. That is, after all, what elections should be. Where we sit down and have a discussion about principles and ideas. And you try and convince me of your ideas and I try and convince you of my ideas. And you might work, you might succeed and I might fail or vice versa. Or neither of us might succeed in changing the other's opinion. But that doesn't mean they're your enemy. That doesn't mean you should look down on them. That doesn't mean you should demean and insult them. It is okay. I know this is a radical idea in 2016. But it is okay to agree to disagree. Let us act as if we were adults. Let us act like we were mature. And not look down on the other side. The same goes for people who are not voting Trump. I get why you're doing it. I fully do. But just because you've made a reasonable, principled decision in your mind, doesn't mean others who have decided that, well, he's better than Hillary, they, that they should be condemned and insulted. If America is to survive, we need to have civil discourse. And accept that you may talk to a lot of people, who won't see the world the way you see it. And that's okay. They won't act the way you act. And that's okay. But this demeaning stuff and looking down. And saying you shouldn't be trusted. And it's all about winning. And if you just saw things the way I see things. The world would be such a much better place. This crap needs to stop. I'm growing sick and tired of it. But because of the way I talk and, and the way I think, I want to leave you with a question this segment. To anybody, regardless of your beliefs, whether you're a hardcore Marxist, to an anarchist, to a constitutionalist, to a libertarian, to a republican, all these people who demand your loyalty, all these people who, if you don't see things the way I do, you must be demeaned, insulted, and destroyed. Have you ever sat up at night or during the day whenever you do your thinking? For me, it's usually at night in bed. When you're sitting there alone in your bed, it's dark. And your mind just won't go off. And you're just like, oh, come on, go to sleep. I think of a lot of things. The next time you are in that situation or you're sitting in traffic and the, it ain't moving and you're moving like two feet a half hour. Think about one question for me. Think about what the world would be like if everyone had your opinion. How boring would that world be? Imagine if everyone not only had the same opinion as you, but came to that opinion the same way. I'm never Trump because he's not a conservative. I'm for Donald Trump because, well, at least he's better than Hillary. Imagine how dull and boring that world would be. And I know we all tend to think, because if you thought out your positions, you like to think you're right all the time. It's easy to fool yourself into that. I could fool myself into that very easily. I have my opinion. I have a long history of thinking out principles and what I stand for. And I believe 110% everything I say. 
but I don't believe I am right on every issue. Because I'm I'm a human. I'm flawed. But even for me, the thought of a world that has everyone thinking the same way I do, I'm sure if you just think of it for like 30 seconds, I think it would be cool. Hey, everyone believes in God and Jesus Christ and the Son of God and our Savior and everyone believes in the scriptures. That's a cool place. Everyone loves the Constitution. Wonderful. Everyone believes in freedom. Wow, this place sounds pretty good. But then as you think about it for not more than 30 seconds, but like a night after night after night, It gets kind of boring. Let me just give you one little simple example. That always riled people up. I am, for better or worse, very loyal sports fan. And I am a sports fan of the New York Yankees. And I have some friends online who are Boston Red Sox fans. God bless them. They're great people, but team sucks. But they probably say the same thing about me. They would be factually wrong because 27 times the world champions, you know, facts matter. But how boring would it be if everyone was a New York Yankees fan? Heck, would there be a reason to support the Yankees if everyone was a Yankee fan? Let me give you another example. I wear Nike runners. I love Nike runners. How Sad would the world be if everyone wore Nike runners? How miserable would it be? Why would you wear Adidas? Everyone loves Nike. Let me give you another example. One of the things I love doing is listening to talk radio. I try my best. I struggle, but I try my best to, to listen to very popular people and smaller people. But two of my heroes in this industry are Mark Levin and Glenn Beck. For very different reasons. How sad would the world be if everyone just felt that same way? If they only ever listened to Glenn Beck and Mark Levin. What about other people? Let me give you another example. I happen to love food. Lots of different food. I love salad. I love pizza. I love burgers. Some of the things I'm not keen on, for mainly for health reasons, but it's spicy food. I can't take it. My I have stomach and bowel problems. Imagine if everyone else said, you know, I just don't do spicy food, but I do lots of, you know, pizza and salad and and hoagies and subs and all those things. Why would that would be a good world? What makes everyone unique is the diversity. It is the difference of ideas. It is seeing things a different way. I celebrate that because I also learn from it. I appreciate my own heritage more when I see other people's heritage. Because I'm able to look at a place like North Korea and go, my God, how how lucky we are. I'm able to look at Nazi Germany and go, my God, how horrific that must have been to live under. I'm able to say, I'm me. And even to people who I disagree with, Socialists and communists. My arguments only get better. My beliefs only get stronger. And I believe I become a better person when I engage with them. Because how would you ever debate someone if everyone loved freedom? And everyone had the same beliefs as you. Now think of that world. Just those simple things I've said. Everyone loves the Yankees. Everyone loves Nike. Everyone only loves Glenn Beck and Mark Levin. 
what happens to the rest? Life will be very boring. Heck, the Yankees wouldn't have anyone to play because no one supports anyone else. Everyone's a Yankee fan. Where would the innovation be? I love night runners. Where would the innovation be? Where would the drive be to get better? To always stay on top. If I only ever, if everyone only ever listened to Mark Levin or Glenn Beck, where would the difference of opinion come? Both frustrating and positive. We are better, in my belief, and this is something I encourage you to think about. We are better as people when we are challenged. When we are free to innovate. You think, and I've used this example and I'm going to leave it at this because I didn't plan on spending so much time talking about this part. But can you imagine if everyone said, hey, I love vinyl records. If everyone felt that way, that everyone had the same opinion, guess what? In 2016, we'd still be living and listening to vinyl records. Now just think of that example and how much music has changed. The person who created the cassettes wouldn't have existed. And at the time, depending on what age you are, I'm old enough to remember, it was pretty cool. And then, if everyone loved the cassettes, no one, the person who created the CD, wouldn't have existed. And I know some people, if you're really young, if you're under the age of 20, 25, and listening to this, you have no idea what I'm talking about now. But I remember getting my first CD player and my first CD. It was cool. Because if you were like me, you know, you get like a, an album of 12, 13, 14 songs. It was only about three of them you wanted to listen to. And the idea that you could just press a button and go to track one to track six, like that, was revolutionary. You know, people who didn't, let me just say this. If you never had to do a cassette and you never had to deal with it, you don't know the pain and the struggle we went through. You know, first you had to get which side the cassette was on. And then you had to like fast forward and rewind to get to the exact song. And it wasn't like, you know, you fast forward for three seconds and you knew exactly where you were. You had to fast forward and rewind a lot. And then you had to remember, well, what song is that? Uh, and then you had to go forward and backward. It was a lot of work. But if everyone loved that CD, and the CD was cool, but the CD player was big and it was bulky. If you loved that CD player, the person who created the iPod, would never have existed. And look at the iPod now. They're the size of about, I, you know, I've got bigger hands than most, but because I'm huge like that, I'd say my iPod is probably two fingers put, put together, height and width and depth. I can carry it anywhere. I can listen to any song I want at any time. That is just a simple example of why people seeing things different is a good thing. And I, for one, I celebrate that. Because seeing things different is a positive. It makes us all better. I gotta take a quick break, America. I'll be right back. Please don't go anywhere. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. When you're burning, I don't understand. Because they made this mistake in 2005 and 2006, and then quickly, somebody, some PR agent got into that movement and said, "Mm, Don't do that, don't do that. Don't show them how you really feel. What do you do with burning American flags? If you're if you're claiming that you want to be American. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 
is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. Um, before I continue, I just want to give a big shout out to a few people. Um, one of the things I don't do, and I, I do try and fix it, is to thank everyone. Um, to thank you to Liz for listening. This is your show. Um, thank you for sharing it with your your friends and your family. Um, thank you for your support. It, it's it's incredibly humbling when I take a couple of weeks off and a few people message me and go, "Is there no show this week? Or what happened? Is everything been okay?" Um, it's it's beyond humbling. And I want to give a a big shout out to all the people behind the scenes and at the blaze and for Dom for giving me this opportunity and for all the people um, Brian, Sarah, Carl, all the countless others who make this program possible and um, it's it's incredible and a big thank you to everyone who puts in a lot of work making this show possible it, it's my I'll never be able to um, adequately say thank you I want to spend the rest of this show sharing where I think America is right now and what I want to focus on uh, but before I do that I want to set it up by sharing a story with you so I'm going on vacation and a lot of things have, this year has been a tough year for me, um, for many different reasons. And I won't bore you with them because they're all small, trivial things that everyone goes through in, at different times in their life. But this year has been really tough and really hard. And normally when I go away on vacation, I bring a lot of books and I do different things and I'm researching and I'm working and I'm doing different things. And this election, I said, you know what? Or sorry, not this election, this holiday. The election I'm finished talking about. This holiday, I said, you know what? I'm going to splash out. I'm bringing my iPad. I'm going to splash out and buy Netflix. And I wanted to catch up with different things. I had a list of things I wanted to watch. So I get to the hotel. And they're like, we have Wi-Fi, you got to pay for it. I'm like, I don't care, I'm on vacation, sign me up. We get to the room, wonderful room, by the way. Um, I was blessed with this room because it had a private terrace and I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to go laid by the pool or be in public. I could just talk privacy. Switch on Netflix, didn't work. Um, had little issues. Then it worked, and it like would say like two two words, and then freeze, and then say another word, and then it would freeze again. Eventually, I go back down to the reception. I'm like, "What? I'm having a problem. I'm here with uh, my iPad. I've signed up for this uh, expensive broadband, and I don't want to watch Netflix. Oh no, sir, we don't have the the speed for that." And you won't be able to watch it. And the, you know, basically all you'll be able to do is surf the net and, but not watch any videos or do anything. So I'm like, <sighs> wonderful. So I'm like, what am I going to do this holiday? I'm like, I'm not reading. I refuse. I paid as little attention to the news as possible. So luckily, um, I brought my laptop. Um, for my mother um, to do different things and she loves these um, uh, you're not going to know what they are these different sitcoms from the past Porridge and, and uh, Steptoe and Thunder BBC based um, from the 60s, 70s and 80s and she wanted to watch them when she was away so I just brought this big bundle of CDs in a case so I had was blessed I had some DVDs to watch and one of them I watched was an old movie. Now, when I watch movies and when I watch average TV, I don't have my conservative, constitutionalist, 
moral head on me. I just want to watch stuff and not think about it and just enjoy it for what it is. Good, bad or indifferent. So I'm watching a few movies. And one of the movies I watched, it's, it's an older movie now, um, is Gladiator. And the reason I'm telling you all this, and I'm sorry if the, the lead-in bored you, but just to, to tell the story. But I'm not watching it for to make a point or to, to, to think of how can I how can I discuss Gladiator, you know, with my show when I'm back. But there was a scene in it that really spoke volumes to me of how I feel right now. And I'm sharing this with you because I think many of you might feel the same way. So I'm watching Gladiator, and for those of you who don't know the story, Gladiator in 10 seconds is basically Russell Crowe, is a famous wards general. And the king dies. His son is not nice. And the king wanted Russell Crowe to take over. Um, but died before he got to do it. The son killed him. And the son, he asks for Russell Crowe's loyalty. Doesn't get it. Sends him out to be killed. Kills his family. But instead of killing him, he escapes. And then he's captured. And then he's made a gladiator. And he fights in front of the king. And he becomes really popular. And then they have this big fight. And you can understand how it ends. And it's a, it's a good story. But there's a great scene in it which spoke to me and I watched it several times because it, it really just hit me when I wasn't expecting it. And it's where he's captured. And one of the debates back then after he's captured was um, it's ancient Rome. So you have Caesar and you have the Senate. Do you want to, you know, do you want a one person with all the power? Or does the Senate have the power for Rome to be free? And there's one of these senators, and he's very much, you know, the senators should rule. And he doesn't partake in the average day-to-day what Romans would do. And there's this big fight in the Colosseum and all these gladiators. And if you've watched some of these gladiators, and or if you watch the movie, you understand how it's kind of graphic. It's, you know... People that got killed in, in very, very horrific ways. And the senator walks into the, the, the big box. And he's greeted by one of the not-so-nice people. He's like, oh my god, I didn't think you'd be... Now I'm paraphrasing. Um, I didn't think you would partake in, in this and, and, and be of the people. And the line that really struck me was his response. He says, I may not be of the people, but I'm always for the people. And the reason that struck me was, it struck me as I'm not an American, so I'm not of you. I didn't grow up there. I've spent some time over there, but I've never spent my lifetime over there. I don't live there, so I'm not of you. And it struck me personally because even though I'm not of you, I can still be for your people. I can still speak out for your freedoms. I can still speak out for your history and for your principles. The reason I shared that story with you It's simple. Today, I know I ask you sometimes a lot of questions. Today, I would ask you to look at yourself, and if you think of no other thing from listening to this show, please think of this question. Are you of the people? Are you for the people? Because here's the difference the way I see it, and if you disagree with me or see things differently you know get in touch on social media at Freedom Disciple on Twitter if you're always of the people you will change you will change as the wind blows if you are of the people you will jump on any bandwagon that 
that's popular. You know, if you happen to be of the people and you're a Republican, you're going to support the Republican no matter who it is. If you were of the people and, I don't know, abortion all of a sudden becomes the, the norm, well, of course you're going to partake. If you're of the people and everyone takes drugs, why, what's going to stop you? Or are you for the people? Are you for a set of principles? That is the choice we all have. That is the choice we all have to ask ourselves. I'm not of you. But until my dying death and my last breath on this earth, I will be for you and for all people to live free, to do as they wish, to innovate as they wish. I will be for people of all ages, of all races, of all religions, of all classes. To be, have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Which are you? And after you find which you are, ask yourself, which do you want to be? I gotta take one more quick break, America. I'll be right back. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. What has changed now, then? What has all of a sudden flipped in Ted's mind that he is able to or willing to to cut a deal? And that's what it is. A deal. They cut a deal with John Case. Ted Cruz is, would have to win 92% of all remaining delegates. That's what's changed, Skip. Ted Cruz has basically said, eh, your state just yeah. doesn't matter to me anymore. Give it to John Kasich. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. Wow. I don't know about you, but this show has just gone so, so quickly. Um, I haven't got to a fraction of what I wanted to talk about. Um, I want to finish up today's show because I'm running out of time. Um, you know, one of these times, it's funny, I, I was saying to a friend of mine um, as I was doing my show prep, um, this week for the show, I was like, huh, I really need about a 10-hour podcast this week. I wonder would people listen. Um, that would have been so cool. But alas, it's, I'm blessed to, to even get an hour with you. I want to finish up by expanding on a point that I just made about your standards, your principles. One of the, I had a bit of an interesting experience when I was overseas. And I, I'm going to say some words, and I don't mean this in a bad way or to, to insult or demean people, but I was in Spain. Um, away on vacation. And we were staying in this hotel, and it was lovely and very enjoyable. But it was filled with various different um, European cultures. There was French there, there was German there, there was Italian there, and there was countless other cultures. And because of where it's located and many different reasons, we went half board. So we got our breakfast and our dinner in the hotel. And I really got an understanding of that quote I just spoke to you about of the people or for the people. But I want to expand on it because as every time we went down for breakfast and dinner, it's like a buffet. And they have all these different foods and, and bamaries and stuff. But 
European culture is very different to Irish and English. Irish and English, it's we'll talk to you, hey, how you doing? English say, hey, you doing, mate? And they'll smile and they'll be, you know, they'll talk to you, and they'll be courteous and polite. European culture, not so much. When we were in the restaurant the first day, I had people bump off me. I had people hit off me. I had people just walking in a line, and if you were in that line, you got out of the way, or they just run through you. I had people just ignore you, say good morning, and nothing back. And this irritated me. And after about three days, I realized something. It would have been so easy to be a jerk back to them. It would have been so easy. And at times, there were a few people who I was a bit of a jerk to. And not that I said anything, I just didn't say anything to them. I would just I would just follow their lead, keep the head down and say nothing. And I realized we have a battle in society of whose standards we live by. And when you're around people who have and I don't mean this this people might hear this and think, oh my god, you're judging them. I'm really not but who have lower standards than you. I'm not saying I live a better life or anything like that, but who just live a different way. It's very easy to just go with the flow. If they're a jerk to you, be a jerk back. If they're rude or ignorant to you, be rude and ignorant back at them. The one thing I think we need in society, maybe this is just my opinion and I'm wrong, but we need to have our own set of standards and stick to them regardless of the outcome. That was just the thought I had that the world we live in, how often do you see it on, on social media? The minute one insult is thrown, it's like, Okay, the gloves are off now. I'm just going to... My own standards don't apply anymore. I'm going to abuse you and demean you and insult you. You started it. I think we all need to think about what our standards are, regardless of the situation we face. And stick to them as best as we can. And then also acknowledge, like I acknowledged, that you know when you don't deal with things the right, right way, that you're not basing it on, well, they were rude to me, so it's okay. It's a scratch. But that you realize, I failed my own standards. I let myself down. I don't know, maybe this... It just was something I thought about while I was away, and about society at large today. How we act what we believe. I want to finish up today's show by just... I wanted to talk at length about a couple of subjects. And I, we'll talk about them another time. But this week was a sad week for me. Um, this week... I don't know if you're in your 30s... Um, or of a certain age, this might have been a sad week for you too. One of my uh, childhood heroes is facing, is going on trial this week. And that's Bill Crosby. Cosby. I grew up idolizing that man. And It's so sad when I think of, of on so many different levels. And I just wanted to share a couple with you today that 
when I grew up, I idolized him. I thought he was funny. I loved the Cosby show. I loved his face, his antics. I loved the show. The American dream in many ways. And then as you grow older and you mature, you see, you know, you get more knowledge and more experience. And as I self-reflected on it, I went, how amazing was that, that we grew up in a culture, and this is me, that I grew up idolizing a black man. I grew up idolizing a show and watching a show and loving a show. And none of us saw race. I wasn't watching, oh, let's touch on the Cosby show. It's about this black family. And he's a doctor and she's a lawyer and they have these kids. It was, let's touch on about family. As I look today and at society today and I really saw, as I was thinking about the situation Bill is in, how, truthfully, how backwards we have gone, how, and I, I wasn't the only one, by the way, watching this show. How we didn't see, we really were colorblind. That's 20 years ago. Have we got better or worse since then? And how do we change it again? And then the other part of me hurts is because you. You get conflicted in your soul because there'll always be a part of me that will love him. You, you know, you can switch on the Cosby Show now and just and just look look at it and enjoy it and appreciate it. And then you read some of the transcripts and I read a small bit of the horrific things he's supposed to have done and said and you're kind of going how could you how could you idolize such a man and how sad is it that we live in an era that there are so few people to actually admire you know, I gotta ask the question and I'll, and I'll leave you with this. You gotta ask the question a while back and I've just thought about it and I wasn't planning on, on, on actually saying this. And it wasn't, it isn't in my notes, it just, it just came to me. I gotta ask the question about, you know, you admire all these people. You speak about, you know, We've spoken about a lot over the years. You know, you speak about people like George Washington, Ronald Reagan, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, Bonhoeffer. You know, is there anyone that you admire that's alive? And of course, there are a few people um, for different reasons and sports and different things. And I think that sums up society. You know, who, who are we told to admire today? Who are our heroes of society today? They're either reality TV stars like the Kardashians, Kanye West. They're either big government liberal politicians. Or they're if we're not trying to put people on a pedestal, we're trying to rip them down. Maybe one of our aims going forward should be 
Let's try and have some good people who we can admire. Who are in the spotlight. And who we can just say are good people. I just wanted to share that with you today because my heart kind of breaks a bit that Bill Cosby is there. Uh, kind of help if I was getting his name right, wouldn't it? Um, I just wish we lived in a world where people like Bill Cosby who was a good guy. It would just be nice. And anyway, on that sad and depressing note, <laughs> I'm going to say until next week, America. I didn't get to a tenth of what I had prepped for this show, but I want to thank you for tuning in because I still believe in America. I still believe in your potential. I still believe 110% in the principles that your nation was founded on. It's just time we readjust and started telling people the stories of America, where America wins, where America was right. But not because they were right or because they, they won, but because they had principles backed up. Because the principles your nation was founded on really are eternal principles they worked in 1776 1791 1860 1980 1987 I think and they can work in 2016 2116 2516 they can work at any time we just need to do a better job and a different job of promoting them and defending them. As always, this show will salute the real heroes in society. I salute the police, the firefighters, the emergency personnel, and the vets. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. America is great because of your people. Never ever forget that, and please never ever change. I will see you next week, America. God bless you. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.